We started First Peter last week, and uh, if you missed, you uh, missed two verses. <laughs> yeah, we're picking up in a moment with verse 3 of First Peter. So I'm really excited about our chance to study this epistle, a letter to those who suffer, and we will see that theme as we go all the way through the entire, uh, the entire epistle. So welcome, it's good to see you, hope you've had a great, isn't it great we have a Wednesday that it's not raining? <clears throat> Very nice, I hope we'll have a few more of these. Alright, let's uh, bow together for prayer. Father, thank you for the beauty of this day, thank you for the joy of fellowship, thank you for the good food, use it to strengthen our bodies, and I pray that uh, you'll speak to our hearts from the great epistle of First Peter. Uh, Father, I know that you have something very special for each of us in this epistle, and I pray that you would speak to our hearts even this very day. You are so good to us. You bless us in so many ways, but we're most, most grateful for Jesus, our precious Savior and Lord. Thank you for his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sin, the gift of eternal life, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to comfort us and guide us and convict us. And I pray that whatever the need of our heart is today, that you will meet that need and speak to us each one. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, allow me to begin by reading verses 3 through 5. I think last week all we had time to do after verse 2 was to read those three verses, and I told a story, and I'm going to retell the story. Some of you weren't here, and we, and those of you who were here have already forgotten it, so we're going, I'll retell the, I'll retell the story. Okay, are you ready? Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So we'll, we'll pause uh, there. Let me retell the story that I, I told last week. Early in the last century, 20th century, there was a young Welsh boy by the name of Jones. His last name was Jones. In search of a better education for their son, his parents sent him away to boarding school, uh, quite some distance from where they lived. Years later, the boy, whose first name was Martin, so maybe some of you now say, aha, Martin, I bet his middle name was Lloyd. And you would be correct, Martin Lloyd Jones. He would reflect on his experience. So here's what he wrote. And I have a feeling many of you, if not most of you, and perhaps all of you will be able to identify with the feelings that he expresses in this paragraph. I must add that I suffered at that time from a sickness which has remained with me all along life's path, and that was hireth. Now, I wrote the word up here. It's a Welch word, H-I-R-A-E-T-H, 
Hareth. Hareth is, means longing or homesickness. Hareth is an awful thing, as also is the feeling of loneliness, of being destitute and unhappy, which stem from it. It is difficult to define Hareth, but to me it means the consciousness of a person being out of his home area and that which is dear to him. My three years at boarding school were very unhappy, and that was only because of this longing. I had bosom companions there, and I enjoyed the lessons. But I remember as if it were yesterday, sitting in church on Sunday night when I had come home for the weekend, and suddenly being hit by the thought, this time tomorrow night I shall be in my lodgings at school And all at once, I would be down in the depths. Have you ever experienced that? Do you know what he's talking about? Hireth, homesickness, loneliness. Maybe you all can identify with it to some degree. Maybe you went to boarding school. Or maybe you're a widow or a widower all alone in the home. Or maybe you've experienced the tragedy of divorce that brought an end to your marriage. Or maybe there's some other experience that you have had that helps you to know what homesickness is like. And so as we think about that and as we look at the text in 1 Peter today, Peter's going to lift our spirits With what he says. And he begins in verse 3 with a blessing of God. So look again at the first part of verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the very first thing after we've gotten through the first two verses of introduction, Peter urges us to utter a prayer of praise. Jewish prayers often begin with, blessed be God. And so it would be very natural for Peter to begin his prayer, blessed be the God and Father, or praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can stand and praise God no matter where we are. And that is what Peter is urging us to do. Remember who he's addressing Believers who are suffering. And so he says, no matter where you are, no matter what you may be experiencing, no matter how alone you may feel at the moment, stand and praise God no matter where you are. And that is intended to be a word of encouragement to the recipients of this epistle and to us some 2,000 years later. When you bless God, and he blesses God in Christ, when we bless God in Christ, it is if we, it is as if we have come home. So we look at the second part of that verse and we see hope for the homesick. In his great mercy, 
He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, get, get, let's get our arms, our minds, our hearts around what, what Peter's doing. He's addressing suffering believers. Their suffering is very real. And their suffering is because they are Christ followers. We'll talk about it in a few a few moments that we suffer in many ways in life. Sometimes we suffer just because we are alive on the face of planet Earth. And so we get sick like other people get sick. Or we experience accidents like other people experience accidents. We go through just because we're alive. But there is the suffering that comes as a direct cause of our faith in Jesus Christ. And so he's addressing believers who are suffering because of their faith in Christ. And the world is reacting toward them um, to say very badly would be an understatement. So, so Peter is saying, in, in effect, I understand, I know where you are and I know what you're going through and I'm, I've been there and I'm there and I'm going to be there and boy would he ever... So here's what I say to you, my fellow sufferers. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Peter would say, I'm glad you asked that question. Because in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now... um, that that feeling that uh, Martin Lloyd Jones talked about, hareth, that, that, that homesickness. Have you ever felt that? I, I I I feel it every time I leave. I go somewhere without without my wife, which is often mission trips and things like that. And like the night before, it's like I'm thinking, okay, what? Excuse could I use to not go? <laughs> you know, what, what, I don't want to go. I want to stay here. I don't want to go way over there. And so I think of everything in the sun, knowing in my heart that I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to go. And then I go. And as I go, there's that, that knot right here that says, I'm, I'm not going to see her again for a week or two weeks, whatever it is, or whatever it may be. I'm not going to see you. <laughs> I mean, you. Uh, when Sunday comes and I'm I'm somewhere other than here, uh, I'm thinking about you. I mean, I guess that's what happens after you pastor a people for thirty plus years. But I'm thinking about you, and and I miss you. Even if I'm on vacation and I'm at the beach, I go to church at the beach. Well, you know how that is. People who go to beach, who go to church at the golf course? Yeah, right, sure, okay. But I'm thinking about you, and, and so often when I'm gone, it's a mission trip, and this, I just got back from Haiti, and um, I, I felt that, you know. I'm with my son. If I can't be with my wife, I'm just being with my son, it's about the next best thing in the world, so I'm glad to be with my son. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking, my heart is back here. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about my family. 
And uh, some of you understand, some of you were deployed in the military. You were gone for a long time. It wasn't a two-week mission trip. It was, a, it was a year or whatever away from your family and your loved ones. It's hard. You remember it vividly as if it were yesterday. And so there's that high ref, that loneliness. And Peter is addressing people who are homesick for what? More suffering? Mm -mm. homesick for it to end and where will it end in the presence of the Lord homesick for heaven homesick for glory so so the, the remedy for homesickness is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that's what Peter is reminding us of he's saying yep it's hard and boy Peter was not speaking from theory was he (laughs) Peter is speaking from reality. The one who'd already been imprisoned would be again one who's going to end up being crucified upside down for his faith in Christ. And Peter says, sufferers, praise be to God. And look what we've got coming. Look what we've got coming. It's okay. Yeah, it hurts. And it's going to hurt more. But just look at the promises of God. Look what we have coming. So he's trying to help us and help the recipients of this epistle through this time of suffering with a reminder of what is in front of them and of the joy of their walk with Christ. So he talks in verse 4 about our eternal inheritance. So here's how he words it, verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Now, we're going to dissect those three words here in a second. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. I want you to think about that. Kept in heaven by whom? (laughs) By God himself. You're not going to pry his fingers loose. He's got you. And he's not going to let go. So do you see, are are you beginning to see some encouragement here to people who are in the midst of suffering? Peter is, is saying, here's hope for the homesick. Look to our eternal inheritance that is our possession. And he uses three words. Never perish, spoil, or fade. So, our eternal inheritance is imperishable, not able to be destroyed. Not able to be destroyed. Do do you remember from school, how many of you remember reading Robert Louis Stevenson? Remember? Treasure Island, you know, great author. Do you remember this poem from school? When I, I, I wrote this, I copied this the other day, I hadn't remembered that poem in a few years. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's what it said. You'll remember it. The stars shine over the mountains. The stars shine over the sea. The stars look up to the mighty God. The stars look down on me. The stars shall last for a million years. 
a million years in a day. But God and I will live and love when the stars have passed away. Isn't that, that great? It's more than a million years, but he had to pick something to put it in the poem. So, you get it? An eternal inheritance that is imperishable. We sing it when we've been there 10,000 years. Bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You can change that 10,000 years, if you would like, to 10 billion years and, and on and more. Our inheritance is imperishable. So already Peter's listeners, the recipients of this epistle, are sitting up a little straighter. Maybe... The tears are subsiding. The pain is lessening. And they are thinking about an eternal inheritance which is imperishable. Not only that, but it's undefiled. Look at never perish. Spoil. Not polluted. So think about it. Where will we be when all this becomes a reality? In the presence of the Lord, place called heaven. I go and prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. That's where we're going. It's, it's undefiled, not polluted, not spoiled. No crime, no hatred, no, no, no sin. Just sum it up, no sin at all. Yours or anybody else's. Sin wearies us. Ours and others. Get tired of watching the news and most of it's bad or negative. As a result of man's sin, all that's going to be gone. Now, Our internal inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and then it is unfading. Unfading. Not subject to decay. That's really what he's talking about. Not fading from sight, but no decay. No decay. Now, I don't... Whatever you do to try to stay healthy... Whether you exercise or you try to eat right or you, you do this, you do that, you run, you jog, you swim. Whatever you, whatever you might try to do or have tried to do, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that if you're over 35 years of age and you look at your body, you know it isn't what it used to be. It, it, has, it has faded <laughs> or it is, is spoiled. It's just that's the way it is. But our, our eternal inheritance, unfading, unspoiled, not subject to decay. So are you seeing what Peter's getting at? Led by the Holy Spirit as he authors these great words to the recipients who are whom? Who are the recipients? Go back to verse 1. To God's elect who are exiles scattered everywhere, believers scattered everywhere, particularly here he's looking at what today is modern-day Turkey, but everywhere, chosen by God according to God's foreknowledge, 
We looked at those verses last week. So he's saying to them and to us, take heart. Remember, you have an eternal inheritance. And nobody's going to take it away from you. And it will not spoil. It will not fade. It will not be polluted. And it will not perish. So we are encouraged. Now, let's not forget the reminder of verse 5. Who through faith, we have faith in God, faith in God through Christ, who through faith are shielded by God's power, that's a lot of power, until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What Peter is saying to you and to me is what God promises is secure. It is secure. It's kept secure by God's power, and there is no power higher than that. Peter's words encouraged the exiles, the homesick. Within five verses, which is as far as we have gotten to this point, Within five verses, Peter tells them and us to rise up and bless God, to hold on to the anchor of our hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and to remember our inheritance. Remember this great future that we have that has already started and that is kept by God himself. By the way, when you think of the words eternal life, don't think of something that is out there, though it is, but it's also right here. It starts the moment we give our lives to Christ. Eternal life begins right then. So we look at eternal life and we say, I have that now and I'll have it forever. So Peter's offering encouragement. We are cognizant of the fact that we won't be here forever. We won't be here forever. But while, and while we're here, we may suffer. But your inheritance is beyond belief. And we cling to that. And we take great encouragement from it. Now, we go to verse six through nine. I want to read those verses. And we really begin to get into the passages that deal with suffering. So let's look at chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read through verse 9, and you know we won't get any farther than that today. In all this, all that I've just said, Peter's saying, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Amen to that. Think about our internal, our eternal inheritance. Absolutely I rejoice in that. Though, uh-oh, though now for a little while, keep that in perspective, a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving. That's right now. You are receiving the end result of your faith, which is what? The salvation of your souls. So let's pause there for a minute. Verses 3 through 12, it didn't go to 12, but verses 3 through 12, grammatically, that is one massive run-on sentence. It is. It's one massive run-on sentence. And that drives us crazy who speak English and read English. But Peter's grammar is elegant and expressive, and it really fits the grandeur of his subject matter, which is salvation. Perfect fit. Now, in the th- in the third verse, you remember, we're in a minute ago, Peter blesses the Father for our new birth, the new birth that he grants to us as people. Then in verse the second part of verse 3, through verse 5, where we just ended, He says, this new birth, this salvation leads to our majestic hope of our final salvation. Got it. Yep. I'm excited about that. So we get to verse 6, and he tells us in 6 and 7, this expectation of final salvation leads them and us to rejoice in spite of suffering. And we will rejoice till the day of Christ, the day we go to be with Him. In verses 8 and 9, He says, This very Jesus Christ, the one who saved your soul, you love Him and you trust Him, and you are rejoicing while you await the final day of salvation. Okay, let, let's, then let me quickly sum up verses 10 through 12 and we'll go back and read them next time. Then, then I want to go back and sweep back over these verses. Verses 10 through 12, the very salvation that he's talking about was the subject, and when we get to verses 10, 11, 12, we'll see this, so just park it in the back of your mind for next time. It was the subject of longing for the ancient prophets of Israel though they did not live to see its fulfillment, but he reminds us that it was their longing, the ancient prophets longed to see the day of Christ. Now, let's think about verse 6 and 7. I've I've wrote the words joy anyway. In spite of suffering, we have joy. A joy that anticipates what is still to come. Joy because of what is to come. Is there a purpose to the suffering? Your faith may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Yes, it has a purpose. Gold perishes, but their faith will endure the fire of persecution because it's genuine. Peter speaks not like a theologian, though he is. But he speaks like a pastor who wants to comfort the hearts of his people. That's what he's doing. So is the theological truth profound? You better believe it. 
But is the intent to comfort our hearts? Absolutely. The pastoral heart of Peter wants to bless the recipients of this letter and us today. So joy anyway. Suffer? Yes. Joy anyway. And then in verses 8 and 9, love in anticipation of what is still to come. The believer's current response is that they love Jesus in spite of the fact we don't see him. We can't see him physically, but we love him and we believe in him and we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So Peter is reminding us of all of that in these verses to a suffering people. Um, From time to time, we'll visit in this epistle the kind of suffering that they endured is horrible. Chased from their homes, chased from the, the cities out into the countryside, not not employable. Nobody wanted to let them work for them. Nobody wanted to buy their stuff if they made stuff because they're believers, persecuted, imprisoned, stoned, ridiculed, shut off from the worship of, of, of not only the temple but the synagogue shut off the center of life in the nation shut off you can't go there you're not part of it you're ostracized suffering does that kind of suffering uh, go on today absolutely absolutely so let me um, oh man Okay, let, let me let me throw these four things that you may want to jot these down, and this is where we'll start next week. Peter raises four issues in this text that we've just read. Four issues. One is praise and worship of God. That's one issue. Praise and worship. When I use the word issue, I'm not talking about something negative. I'm just saying a subject. Praise and worship of God. The second subject that, or issue that he raises is Christian hope. The third that he raises is suffering. And the fourth is salvation. So praise and worship of God, Christian hope, suffering, and salvation. Those four issues. That's a lot of issues in, in, in nine verses, isn't it? So we'll pick up there next time. Because what we are realizing from what Peter says and from perhaps our own experience, suffering flows, get this, don't miss it, suffering flows from our salvation. Suffering flows from our salvation because our salvation grates on the world And the world unleashes its fury. It's been true since the first century. It's true today. Just ask believers in China, much of the Middle East, Sri Lanka, remember, Easter Sunday, India, Many other places that we could name. Did you know that there was once a vibrant, dynamic Christian community in Iraq 
Not anymore. They've all been chased out of the country or they've been killed. It's not the only country. Now, if you're, if you're thinking that you can tune in to CNN this afternoon and catch a story about that, forget it. Doesn't fit. No, never mind. <laughs> but it's going on all over the world. And so we'll, we'll, we can't go through Peter without talking about it. So we'll, we'll, we'll visit some of that. Okay? All right. Father, you are so good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for our salvation. We anticipate with eagerness the day that we see you face to face and all suffering is gone. All sin is gone. There's the joy of being in your presence, of seeing our precious Savior face to face, of bowing before you and thanking you for, for saving our souls and giving us eternity with you. We are a grateful people. So between now and that day, we understand that we may suffer, but I pray that when we do, we would remember that which is still in front of us and from that take great strength, great hope, and in fact rejoice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.